Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome along to the VMTV Rugby Pod. Well, where to start? The Viva Stadium on Saturday. Alan, you were there. What a performance from Ireland, beating the world champions. Incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a brilliant performance, I think. Uh, it was very physical. It was a real test for Ireland. Exactly what I think we all probably wanted. Um, the last time South Africa were in Dublin, we beat them 38-3. And... Uh, you know, we went on to have a great year the year after as well. 2018 World Cup was bad. So this is um, this is a build up to the World Cup. And um, I think Ireland were probably a little bit rusty in some of their execution, but it was a real physical test. And we've struggled against maybe France and England on, on occasions before with that real physicality. Um, so this was exactly what Andy Farrell would have wanted. Um, given we had, you know, James Lowe was missing, Robbie Henshaw, uh, Bondiaki. Gibson Park was just coming back. Ian Henderson is still out. Um, uh, Stuart McCluskey went off. Um, so I think, you know, um, and Tyke Furlong obviously gone off at half time. Finley Bealham was outstanding and it was a brilliant, brilliant opportunity for him to really show what he can do. Um, and he stood up to it. He was brilliant and deserves a huge amount of credit for his performance on, on Saturday against Kitsoff and then Ox and Shea when he came on. Um, so, um, yeah, a lot of positives. I think uh, we're not going to get carried away. I think uh, South Africa had opportunities as well and probably didn't kick kick that well. Uh, but I think Ireland deserved it. I think at one stage in the first half, they had 16 phases. Um, South Africa at one stage in their attack in the Ireland 22. And 14 of those phases was one pass out. So that'll tell you how direct and how physical and aggressive they were trying to be, run out all of, over Ireland. And, and we stood up to it there. We also stopped their mall. So, um, yeah, they're a brilliant side, South Africa. But Ireland, I think, did really well on Saturday. And uh, I don't think either of us are going to get, anyone's going to get carried away because we're all cautious about what happened a couple of years ago. But it was a really pleasing performance uh, to start off the November series. Matt, just picking up on that, what impressed you most about the win? Uh, Alan summed it up pretty well. I, I think what Ireland's... Um, done really well in the last 12 months is run the ball. And, and their attacking game is, has been sensational. They've been able to score so many points against opposition teams and and play such positive rugby. We knew that wasn't going to be allowed by South Africa. So, so South Africa impose a game on their opposition that makes it really hard to play. They sort of cocoon you in into this defensive little uh bubble, if you like, they shorten their defensive lineup, sprint up so there's not much space, and then their forwards crush you with scrummaging, mauling, and their work at the breakdown. 
And that, that were the areas that Ireland really excelled at. They, they lifted themselves up and they got down in the trenches with the South Africans. Alan said early in the game there was that first line out that South Africa won. They were going to Maul and the Maul went nowhere. Now, remembering South Africa mauled tries against um, Argentina at will in the last two games of the championship. In Sydney, uh, when they defeated Australia, they mauled them off the park and they got nothing out of that. The scrummaging was absolutely extraordinary from Ireland right through, especially when, as Alan said, when Furlong went off. And to me, one of the great heroes that we haven't said a, uh, a whole lot about was Andrew Porter. I thought his scrummaging, especially in the second half, was destructive. Do you? I don't think we all remember that scrum. I think it was the second scrum of the second half just after Boulin came on. And it just exploded on his side of the scrum. He demolished the South African front row that had just come onto the field. Now, I can't recall that happening in recent years. It, it was a phenomenal display. The work at the breakdown. And I also think the unsung heroes were our second rowers. They're the power of the team. And while Esther Beth was magnificent, he's the best South African player on the field by a considerable margin, the Irish second rowers produced the power to, to allow their team to win. And then in those brief seconds, in that transition stage when they turned the ball over, they scored that absolutely incredible try uh, from, from Mac Hansen. And in a mall, uh, Josh Van der Fleer had the presence of mind to dive over the line. Like All of those things were just wonderful. But I agree with Quinny. If Andre Pollard played that game, the chances are Ireland would have lost narrowly. So we can't get carried away. We've just got to say it's a great win. It's a milestone. Let's take the energy. Let's take the momentum. It guarantees it's nothing except that we're there or thereabouts. Alan, the strength and depth in the front row, it's going to be absolutely crucial over the next 12 months, isn't it? Yeah, it's an area we need to, we still need to get better. Um, you'd love to, you know, Tom O'Toole is someone who's played really well for Ulster as a tight head. He's a really good footballer around the field. Um, we certainly need him kind of pushing now as well, putting pressure on that um, that side of the, the the scrum. You know, Keane Healy, it's phenomenal. You know, I think he's 119 caps now. Um, you know, we need backup. We need people challenging him as well and and, and putting more pressure on there. So um, the more depth you can have, um, I want to see Ronan Kelleher back. I think Kelleher, Sheehan, uh, incredibly dynamic duo. Uh, brilliant hooker so uh but you know matt said it andrew porter was brilliant um and i think that you know when he his strength is and and to switch over from tight head to loose head um be playing in the same same team with furlong i think that switch was done a couple of years ago to try and get both those guys in the field because they're brilliant footballers around the field um that was a real test for him as well at the weekend and getting that in the in the bank as a player right across the board. But I think all the Irish players would be very mindful and conscious of that physicality. They would have been pretty sore on Sunday morning. But, um, you know, sometimes it's uh, there's just wave after wave of these players coming forward and you've just got to man up and, you know, help each other in those tackles. A lot of the time, as the South Africans were carrying their forwards, there's a guy latching on as well. So there's a, a serious impact of a second guy coming in supporting as well for South Africa. And they're very good at that. So Ireland took away their momentum and they took it away in the mall as well. And uh, they're the obvious things that jump out when you play South Africa is set piece, scrum, line out. And and as 
those collision areas uh, break down um and you know we'll uh, you know france um we possibly meet france in in a quarter final if we get out of our group we've got to play south africa in the group so potentially there's two incredibly physical tests coming up with a world cup and the more preparation you get for that the better it doesn't mean the next time you play them you're going to have the same kind of parity or, or even get dominance there but it means that it gives the players the confidence that there is a template there to work off and that they can do that and uh you know ireland are a pretty physical side as well and i think that's really important um that they build on what they they did at the weekend and matt we even saw Ireland try and move the ball and I suppose a few opportunities went by begging as well. They did. Um, <clears throat> I think that's the, one of the key points to you. Ireland gained enough possession to play uh, some attack. There were a few occasions, one in particular where Sexton threw a, a really good long overhead pass uh, and Balakun just Robbie Balakun just wasn't ready for it. And it ended up being a knock-on, I think, or a went in a touch, but I think it was a knock-on before that. They're the sort of things that, that Balakun's just got to be ready for because Sexton's got such great vision. He saw the space through it and they weren't ready for that that play. Probably two or three other occasions where they did have opportunities to score. I, I think one part of this, Stu, is, you know, that it, it's, it's a multifaceted point I'm going to make. Last time Ireland played South Africa was 2017. I'm right, it wasn't 18, it was 17. Since then, Australia's played them 10 times. Now, that gives you an idea of why the world rankings are totally inaccurate. Australia can play South Africa 10 times, but Ireland have not played them in that whole period. It it says something else. For Ireland's growth, they need to play South Africa more often because everyone gets this out of proportion. How can we possibly take this physical beating at the World Cup? Well, Australia have beaten them in Australia every year. Well, they haven't. There's been every year. So I think it's 2014. Um, uh, Australia have beaten them in Australia every time they played. At least one occasion, they lost one this year and won one. But South Africa hadn't won for many years until this year. Now Australia are no longer the powerhouse that they once were. So if Australia can match them, surely Ireland can. And that's about playing them more often. So the, the world calendar needs to change for Ireland's sake and for the North's sake because you just get used to playing these teams. It's like, it's like um, uh, the French clubs. 20 years ago, uh, the, the Irish provinces really struggled against the French clubs because they were this giant unknown boost. You play them more often, you get used to them. Now the, the, the Irish teams r- rarely lose against the French club. It's going to be the same with the national side. I'm, I'm really confident that with more games against against big teams like England, France, and South Africa, that Ireland will learn how to cope. And one and and we showed on the, the Irish team showed on Saturday they're learning how to cope with that. And and that came from matching their physicality, but it also our lineout was just immaculate. Like Paul O'Connell needs you, we can't pat him on the back enough, or John Fogarty, the scrum coach. Some of those lineouts, the, the the South Africans were sending up three jumpers, a one man lift and two two pods, and the space for the Irish jumpers to get into to win the ball was minuscule. It was precise throwing, precise jumping and lifting, and the delivery was absolutely superb. So you know there was a and that is Ireland adapting to the challenge, and and the more we play them, the more we adapt. 
So I, I'm pretty confident. Well, you know, you can't be confident. There's no guarantees. I'm hopeful of the future. But looking forward, let's look past the World Cup. They talk of a World League, for want of a better term. So the November internationals aren't like they are now. If Ireland get to play South Africa more often, that is good for Irish rugby. That's good for the national teams, good for their development. And, and we learn so much on Saturday, we can learn if we play them more often. Do you agree with Matt, Alan? And also, Alan, how much uh, more is in Ireland? Like, how, 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 how much more can they improve? Um, yeah, I agree with Matt. Yeah, obviously, that's happened in the URC now, so that will um, that will help players. Um, I don't know what you can do. So, sometimes it's it's hard to figure out when you play a big, aggressive side like that. You just have to turn up every time, at every breakdown, um, at every situation. You can't have any time to switch off. Obviously, when you play other teams, it's not a conscious decision to switch off, but you can only, you know, you can go into a breakdown 70, 75% a lot of the time with good technique. You don't have to smash anyone. People don't try and counter-rock you because you're in a good body position. The South Africans, every single time, will try and smash you back out of that. So if you're at 75%, there's a chance you're going to be counter-rocked. That happened once or twice in the first half. Um, they're so good at that. So again, when you play these teams, you can never switch off. It's really intense for the whole 80 minutes. And they're a very good side. They've always been physical, but this side are very, very good. And they're very well coached. They know what they're doing. Uh, their positioning is very good. Their work rate, their line speed. So their whole game is built around putting massive pressure on the opposition. And they're really good at that. Um, can I, what can Ireland do better? Well, Ireland were fortunate in some ways that you know the two tries they got... Um, incredible try from Van der Fleer off that mall. Ireland got the momentum going forward. Deserve massive credit to forwards for, for that. Um, the other one, obviously, Caelan uh, Doris flicks the ball in field. They keep it alive. The execution, and they take the opportunity. And that's what Ireland are really good at. They're, they've now become a team that if you give them half a chance, they'll, they can punish you. And that's what impresses me most about them. But... We've got to be honest. We got a little bit of a break with that. The ball bounced right. Caelan Doris could have been in touch, but we executed. South Africa kind of turned the table a little bit then for, you know, 10, 15 minute spell and, and clawed their way back into the game, um, which is understandable. And we were getting tired in the end. So uh, what can we do better? Well, we only had 45% possession. So in an ideal world, Matt knows this as a coach, you'd love to be 50, 55, 60% possession. At least you have control of the ball a little bit more. Like I said it before the game, you know, how do you stop South Africa? Well, you keep the ball for as long as you can and you play smart with it. Um, but they're a very good side. It's easier said than done. So I think it even makes the, the performance and the, re the results more impressive that Ireland, you know, had only 45%. They only had 44% territory. So they didn't have a lot of time in that attacking zone. Whereas I just think without getting the exact numbers in the first half, it just felt South Africa were in our half a lot. Mm. Um, and that's uh, that's a great building block for Ireland because they were stressed, they were tested. Um, they had to deal with a lot of that aggression. I hope it counts. You know, they could play... You know, Ireland, South Africa could play next week if it was a second test and it could be a totally different game. It could be much more open. Uh, but um, 20 missed tackles. So obviously you want to keep that number low. Um, South Africa, 28 missed tackles. So it just shows, you know, um, 
no one would have said that either side had a bad defensive kind of run on Saturday. But when you kind of break down the stats, there's there's a couple of opportunities. I think one of the stats at half time in the game was one line break in the game, even up to sixty minutes, and that was Ireland. It just showed that it was so attritional. So um just hold on to possession a little bit more and be a bit smarter. But I think Ireland were a little bit rusty. They haven't played. Um, you know, they haven't played since New Zealand's. One or two of those passes were to stick in the first half. Um, Ireland could have got a little bit more um, opportunity in the wider channels. But I, I think when they look back at the video with the, that aggressive defence, particularly from Jesse Creel, and, and you remember the one Mapimpi on Hugo Keenan, if Hugo Keenan has a, a little tip-on pass or somebody on the inside, well, then it, it maybe stops that shooter. Um, so maybe little things like that just to get a support player um, but the ball was probably in the air a little bit long for the both those. But look, Ireland, uh, they ground out the results. I think they, on, on the balance of it, probably uh, no one was arguing that they deserved to lose the game. They could have. It could have went the other way. And that's what made it such a great test game. Matt, I just want to touch on a player who made his debut, Jimmy O'Brien, coming in there, playing what? Got some 50, 60 minutes at outside centre. Played his most of his career in the wing or at fullback. Such a big afternoon for him and his family. He did very well. He did sensationally, Stu, didn't he? He, uh, it, it was so sad seeing McCluskey go off because he waited so long for his opportunity. And then when he played, when he was on the field, I thought he was outstanding. He was having a great game. And, you know, we all felt for him. You saw, the, saw him going off with his arm injury. But, oh, no. And then Jimmy O'Brien was unknown because 48 hours beforehand, he was with the A-side ready to play the, the New Zealanders. And here he is going to get 60 minutes of a test match. And he played really, really well. So if you, if you look at the pluses that Alan just laid out, we now, the, the Irish side, they know they can trust Jimmy O'Brien and McCluskey to play. They know that, that uh, if they're required, they're up to the standard because they just proved that. And I, I suspect, and we believe McCluskey's injury is not too bad, I think he might get another run. I think that would be fantastic for him because we know what Bundiaki and Gary Ringrose and Robbie Henshaw could do because they're, they're three of the best centres in the world. But when you have that – so on Saturday, it's a classic example on Saturday. You have, you have the worst-case scenario. You've got two of our great centres out. Now, it's hardly happened in the last seven or eight years that that's the case. What do we do? What if that's in a major game in the World Cup? We now know. So give these guys some more time. We, we also know Conor Murray got injured. And we saw how good Jamison Gibson Park is, how he put pace on the game and that the South Africans fatigued under that pace that I think led to the, the creation of the space that scored the tries. Because Jamison Gibson Park played a major role. We learned that. We learned about Finley Beelan. These are, these are such good things for us. What I hope happens now is that in the selection for the Fiji side and the Wallaby side, the, 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 the Irish sides, that is, to play against those teams, there are some brave selections at this time of in the preparation for the World Cup. Ireland will beat Fiji. The Wallabies are trying their heart out. I, I you know, as, as Australian born and bred, and you know, I, I learnt my rugby there. I, I got to say, I'm really proud of the way they're playing. They are not the most talented team in the world, but they're trying their heart out. And and they every now and then they'll do what we saw. They they push France. If Ireland go out and put, you know, four let's not say gambles, but four young players against the Wallabies and they lose. It's not the end of the world. 
you know, if, if Ireland lose a game here and there by, by blooding a few kids, not all 15, but just a few of these guys, giving them more time, then behind their, their, their much more experienced uh, senior players. And, and it, it doesn't work out perfectly. It's, it's still a plus. Here's the other part. From what we saw Jimmy O'Brien and McCluskey and, and Finley Berlin do on Saturday, we've got to have faith in this, in this team below. They've, been, they've spent a lot of time sitting with New Zealand and South Africa. They didn't perform against New Zealand, the New Zealand 15. That's okay. That's a learning experience. But we've got to have faith in them in the key positions to give them some time. So I, I think it was a huge, huge plus in every area on Saturday. Momentum, belief, all that. But in giving those young guys time and seeing how well they played, that's got to give us faith to give some more of them some more time so that when we come to the World Cup and there is a problem, let's remember New Zealand in the final of the of their World Cup at home 2015, they'd lost um, uh, Dan Carter and Aaron Cruden, their two starting tens. They had to go to their number three ten in that in the final of the Test match. We got a plan like that for for our for our games. That's that's the way you plan. You might need it. Plan for the worst, hope for the best. So, but Saturday should give us hope that we can do that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, Matt's talked about Fiji on Saturday. I suppose the big talking point will be at number 10. Looks like Joey Carberry will come in, hopefully for his sake to start. But, you know, I'll back up to Johnny Saxon, plenty of talking points. You know, Jack Crowley, Karen Frawley, obviously injured but such a big talking point over the next 12 months. Which way do you see it? Well, Matt said that we're going to beat Fiji on Saturday. And, uh, yeah, we should, we should. But uh, I, I just think some of these types of games, um, it depends what type, kind of team Andy Farrell picks, obviously. And, and you're you're asking about Joey Carberry. Um, the Fijians can be sensational. I think they scored a couple of great tries against Scotland. Um Scotland give give Scotland a fright early on in the game, and then you know Scotland kept it pretty. Uh, they overpowered them, and their te- technique and their their structure, you know, beat them. Um, it's very difficult for those Fijians coming together like that, but they've incredible talent, and um, you saw what they could. Uh, they probably did nearly did to Australia and Wales at the last World Cup, but then they played Uruguay and they lost that game. Uh, in the pool stage as well. So you just don't know. If you give them a sniff, you give them hope. And these are the kind of banana skins that, again, it's 
it's a, it's a kind of a test. And and we look back at the A game last Friday night where there was a lot of guys who were uh, playing for opportunities, maybe um, trained with the Irish squad all week, the Irish coaches, and and you know got a bit of a lesson off that that New Zealand select side. Um, they were brilliant, um, and it was a very difficult night for them. I'm not saying the same is is potentially can happen on Saturday, but they have a lot of X factor players, and you've just got to be careful, and you've got to be physical as well. Um, but do you start? Of course, you start Carberry. I think. Um, I think Johnny Sexton took a few knocks. Um, we know how important he is, and every chance we get to to give Joey Carberry more games, side mountain to feel as a ten, the better. With the World Cup in mind next year, and and Johnny Sexton departing the scene. Um, but I'd probably go, and we'll, we'll talk about this next week, I'd probably be starting him against Australia. Um, giving more of a test. Um, a really good side who, as Matt said, they were brilliant on, on Saturday night in France. Um, they lost by a point. Very unlucky that they didn't win that game. Um, but I'd be, I'd be looking at maybe playing him against Australia. I know Johnny won't want that. He'll want to play and he wants to get out in the field as much as he can. But it's just about, um, we know what Johnny can do and we know he can do it and he will do it. And um, I think the more game time Joey Carberry gets, because his season has been quite stop-start, hasn't it? And he's been behind the pack in Munster that's changed so much, even in the couple of games he's played. Um, so, you know, he, uh, but look, that's for next week. You know, I'd be starting him this week. I'd be starting Hugo Keenan, Balakun again. Balakun didn't get any ball at the weekend. He needs more game time. Um who else from the pack do you start? You know, Caelan Doris, Van der Fleer, O'Mahony. You know, you try and change it up a little bit. But you've got to be careful here and keep a little bit of strength uh, and, and not completely change 15 players. Um, so I think it's... Because uh, these guys will probably... A lot of them will get a break after the November series. They'll probably get a weekend off, a week off. Um, I don't know. They'll get other, another break at Christmas. So I wouldn't be making wholesale changes. Maybe, you know, half and a half. Matt, what do you see? Ireland's second choice fly half. I know, I think, if I'm right, you agree with Alan. Joey should start the next two games. Is that right? Well, if you look at, uh, in the short of it, yes. Short of it, yes. Um, you know, Frawley's injured. He's He uh, seems to be the heir apparent that they're looking at. If Frawley was fit, I think there is a different conversation to be had. But he's not. So I would start Joey. Um, I, if Frawley was fit, I would be giving Frawley the start. I, I'm... I'm not sure Joey's the answer. I think Joey's had so many opportunities and he really hasn't taken command. And I know he's had terrible injuries, but at a certain point, if the other guy's looking and showing potential, you've got to give him a go. And I think we're getting very, very close to that point. Um, I feel for Joey because if you look at his career, when, when Johnny got injured the last season in the Six Nations and Joey played against France, it was something like only his fourth start against a Tier 1 nation. And therein lies the problem. You can't just give these guys games against Fiji and Italy and Samoa and Romania and so on and then say, oh, on Saturday we're playing New Zealand, you're in, and expect them to take control and run it. It's just not, it's just not real. We've got to give them time in big games. And that's what the November International is about to me. Personally, I would, if I was Andy Farrell, I'd sit down with Johnny and I know he'd hate it I know he wins and complain, and I understand why he's a competitor and say, Johnny, we're going to use you in the Six Nations. You're going to play four of the five in the Six Nations. But right now, 
you're going to be put in cotton wool and we're going to give the other guys a go. I agree with Alan. If you make 100 changes, you know, change the term, that's wrong. They don't function. I think there's opportunities to change the back row. I'd like to see um, uh, Conan and uh, Ryan Beard start in the back row. I'd also like to see, you know, Lothman at least on the bench, Jeremy Lothman at least, at least on the bench for one of these games. I think he, he can put pressure... Uh, to to be a solid backup at loose head prop, um, the the others you know Beelham should start if especially this week if uh, Furlong's out and Furlong Furlong to me is as important to Ireland as Sexton, you know without him we are in trouble because we we just haven't got that depth so we've got to find that depth and here's our chance to give Finley Beelham some more opportunity to believe in himself as much as anything else. Like he would have got so much self-belief after surviving and then not just surviving but coping extremely well against the South Africans for the whole half. He hasn't done that he hasn't been, because he hasn't been given the opportunity. So I just think these next two games are great opportunities to give some key guys time on the field. Craig Casey's another one that I hope gets time, gives some backup. Of course, Connor's just, you know, has quite a serious injury, you know, a, a, a muscle injury that might keep him out for a for a period of time, that could happen at a World Cup. Connor's moving on in his age. Who's the next one? If it's Casey, let's give him time in the saddle so we know that. And this is the opportunity. There's no sheep stations riding on these next two games. These are these are you never have a friendly, but you know they're not. There's no trophies for them. Six Nations is coming up. That's important. Then the World Cup. That's important. This is the time to do it. Alan, do you agree with Matt there? Do you think Joey has had enough chances at ten? Uh, well, he hasn't had enough chances at 10 if he's only played four games before last year. So um, that's not a criticism what Matt is saying. Um, but I think we it, we are where we are now. I think, um, you know, he needs more games. And I think he needs games against, you know, top opposition. He needs to be stressed under pressure as well. He's come on off the bench in a lot of the great wins for Ireland over the last number of years. I, I always think back to that moment when he came off the bench in Chicago and I was like, oh God, uh, how's Joey going to do here for the last number of minutes? But, you know, he did perfectly. He wasn't really tested as much. Um, he was, uh, you know, so, so, so young and inexperienced. I think that, was that his first cap, second cap? First cap, uh, I think. Yeah, first, first cap. It was incredible. What a, what a place and a way to win your first cap. But look, um, I think there's never any question mark about Joey Carberry's footballing ability or skill level. I think it's the temperament and it's the the composure and the control and and you know, Sexton is so physical. He can take the ball to the line. His kicking game is on the money. He can see space. He's a real vision uh, for what way the game is going. And uh, he's that obviously that fighting kind of temperament and spirit as well, which makes him so powerful. But you know, I think Joey probably needs more opportunities. And for one reason or another, you know, he hasn't got them. With with, um, So I don't think Joey's ever played. I started against one of the big nations and we've gone, oh God, he's been, that's been a disaster. No. Not that I can think of. No. So no, he hasn't gone through that position where we've kind of written him off. We, we but, but the time has come to see more of him, consistency. Yeah. We, we, the word consistency has been um, mentioned a lot with Joey, and I think he's a wonderful player. He's a great young fella. He's a brilliant attitude. Um, 
he trains unbelievably well he's really positive and everything he does and that's what the Munster lads and the Irish lads say so um, everyone wants him to do well and we know his ability but Frawley is kind of chomping at the bit now but you know Matt as well it would be brilliant every team would love to have three or four players chomping at the bit in each position more pressure more pressure more pressure it makes a strong strong squad and you can tweak things and players don't really get dropped nowadays do they they get rotated um so yeah look obviously it'd be brilliant if Frawley came true too or even Harry Byrne came back in the scene Jack Crowley it'd be lovely position for for Andy Farrell next summer to say well geez Jack Crowley's been brilliant for Munster they've finished strong or or you know Harry Byrne has come back in with Leinster and he's been brilliant too and just put it in your head that these guys if something get if someone gets injured but um, you know, it'll be interesting and I hope Joey gets the opportunity in the next couple of weeks. Stewie, on the converse side of that, um, Sexton is still the king. You know, what what, yeah. what we're talking about, though, in the young Yeah, you, you forget that sometimes, yeah. Sexton is still so good. I mean, it's unbelievable. Sunday night I was watching the NFL and I'm watching Tampa Bay in the last second. Here's Tom Brady, steps back in the last second of play, throws his touchdown pass. Temple win the champion, and I just thought that's Sexton. That's that's Sexton at his age. He is still delivering, and he still he would start for Australia. He would start for England. He'd start for Scotland. He'd start for everyone except maybe New Zealand and France. He he is still a great player, and I, I had him written off in two thousand nine. Well, that's Johnny's had a great career. But he's finished. He's not finished, and that is a great credit to him. The other part is. It's worrying because he, when he's on the field, Island are a different team. And that's not a criticism of the other boys. When you've got an all-time break... But you, you know, know what, Matt? That's Matt. All time. Sorry, mate. You know what? Maybe Ireland, maybe Ireland just needs... When it, when it happens... I'm not... Need is the wrong word. When it happens, they're just going to have to get on with it. Oh, and yeah. Maybe guys will be a little bit maybe come out of their shells a bit more. I don't know. Who knows? Um, maybe they will grow a little bit and they'll they'll have to step up, sink yeah. or swim job. And we may have a position of a couple of years where there's a bit of chopping and change and we've just got to keep finding. Um, sometimes brilliant players in a position don't stunt the growth of other players, but they stop opportunity. For sure. Like mm-hmm. Because Johnny never wants to not play for Ireland. Every time he's fit, he'll even be grumpy. He'll want us to play against Fiji on Saturday, which shows his temperament. So, you know, we're going to get to that point where there'll be no more debating about Johnny Sexton, you know, mm-hmm. when, when he when he, hang, when he hangs up the boots. Um, the others will just have to get in there and do it. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be an interesting game on Saturday and also in 12, for the next 12 months and see how the battle of the number two fly half goes. But Alan, I want to stick with you here tomorrow night. Your old team, Monster, take on South Africa A team. What an occasion that's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be brilliant. Um, I think um, Monster have been, you know, they've had a tough start to the season and uh, they could do it a lift for themselves and kind of, um, you know, maybe get, uh, get a bit of a feel-good factor going with themselves. Um, it's going to be a great occasion with the game being on in Porky Cueve. It's sold out. Um, they are stretched kind of, uh, quite thinly again with 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 their selections. Um, it's good to see you know Mike Haley's back, Simon Zebo. Um, there's Kieran McDonald is starting. 
Uh, Gavin Coombs has come back from the from the Irish squad, which you know he'll not be pleased to, to you know not be considered for Fiji, but um, it's a, it's a, it's an opportunity for him. I think Anton Frisch in the centre. We haven't seen we've seen it one one cameo off the bench against Cardiff in the first game. I think um, he's an exciting player. Um, so it's going to be tough. South Africa have picked uh, the South African A team have picked a very strong side. There's 14 full internationals in in their 23. Um, a lot of big names and a lot of powerful young players as well. But the whole occasion should be amazing, and I hope um, we see some of the the kind of historical brilliant nights when when Munster played na- international sides. You know they had a brilliant win against Australia uh, that night. <laughs> That night against um, New Zealand in 2008 was just, it was a special night, the opening of the stadium. Um, they could have won that game. It would have been a phenomenal achievement for, for you know, a second string monster side at the time. Um, and then the win, obviously, I think it was 2010 against Australia. They're, they were their special moments for, for the players as well. Um, it's a very strong South African A side, so it's going to be a tough, a tough task for them. But um, let's hope there's a brilliant atmosphere. I'm sure there will. There'll be great excitement there, and it's something to certainly look forward to. It's it's a unique occasion with it being on in Porky Cree, first rugby game ever in the stadium. Yeah, it's going to be a great spectacle. Um, Matt Allen had two bites there, Monster beating Australia there. <laughs> How are you feeling about that? Oh, mate, just going to wear it. That, mate, we used to say Munster played a kicking game in those days. They kicked heads and balls, um, but they uh, and they did. Now you used to go to the, you, the, the Wallaby guys. You talk to them; they were shocked at what they used to get at Munster. They, they, you talk to these old guys, and especially when they know my connections with Ireland, they talk to you. The boys that went down there, even in the nineties, Munster beat. Oh, gee, it was when uh, Greg Smith was coaching. It must have been ninety six. They went down there and they got the absolute daylight. Through. I think Gulliff was still playing, was uh, leading the charge in those days. Claude was they, there as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, they were telling some stories, you know. And and there's two parts to this. The, it is a tremendous tradition at Munster the way they rise against the international teams. And the Wallabies started that, I, I think it was uh, 66 or 67, 67, was the first time an Irish province beat an international side, and Munster beat um, the Wallabies down there. Ken Ging, the old manager from Leinster, played in that team and used to remind me every single day of my five years at Leinster that Munster beat Ireland in 1967, <laughs> but beat uh, the Wallabies in 1967. But this is, this is a phenomenal tradition. You know, I remember just after the, the tragedy of Axel dying and that great gesture of placing the number eight jersey. You know, and I, I remember sitting there, I was almost in tears watching it, you know, and all of us who knew and loved Anthony just couldn't believe it. And, and this tradition continues. On paper, on paper, South Africa should win and win well. But that's never been the case. That, that's never been the case in these games. There's this beautiful tradition and a, and, a, and a great inspiration to the red jersey. And maybe this is something that, that might spark the Munster season. You know, that's still a quad. There's a lot of good good, and I shouldn't say kids, good young men that I've really liked the look of in that Munster side. Here's your day in this historic venue that, 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 is, a, that is an absolute legend in Munster to play in this, this, this unique venue against a great side in your, in your jersey that you wanted to, 
playing since you were a little boy. I mean, all those things just add up. And you know, sports not just tactics and technical; it's spirit and emotion as well. And and that's going to be a really, really emotional night down there. I, I think it's fabulous, fabulous opportunity for the Munster boys. Yeah, as you say, Matt, fabulous for the game. Two points, lads. I just want to get your take on before we go. Alan, I'll come to you first. Argentina beating England. What about England, Eddie Jones? Jeez, they don't seem to be too happy over there. No, it was. Uh, it wasn't a big surprise because um, I think I saw. Um, I don't know if Matt agrees, but we saw moments of Argentina in the rugby championship where I was incredibly impressed with them. Um, they switched off on occasions, uh, but. Genie Mac, they're so competitive. Um, their skill levels are, are, are right up there. Um, you know, and they won in Christchurch against the All Blacks. Um, I think they were they showed glimpses throughout that rugby championship that when they're when they get it right, they can be incredibly dangerous. Scored brilliant, brilliant tries against South Africa in those two games as well. So um, very exciting, dangerous team. I think it was physical on Saturday. I think England are quite blunt in their approach. I think they're trying to, you know, overpower people. Um, he's made so many changes in the last couple of years, Eddie Jones, these players. I think there's, there was some crazy stat that there was a, a vast number of players have, have, you know, less than five caps under Eddie Jones. Um, they're in for a couple of games. They're gone. They're missing. They get a chance. There's another guy in. Um, there's a lot of chopping and changing, but... Um, I wouldn't rule out England being, being ready at the World Cup. Um, they have plenty of good players. I think uh, I saw some English commentators and rugby people giving out about the selections and the way England were playing, the type of game they were playing. And remember, Eddie Jones would have had a crack a few times on Ireland over the years about them being pragmatic and kicking way too much. Well, he's gone out and, uh, you know, his team's kicked the ball incredibly a lot as well. And they're they try and overpower teams. So um, I think they still have some very, very dangerous players, but they need to find their mojo a little bit. And that was a bit of a hammer blow. And it just kind of heaps the pressure on Eddie Jones. But credit to Argentina, very good side. And they could be a side to be reckoned with at the World Cup as well. Yeah, you never know how they'll get on. They always seem to peak for the World Cups. Matt, lastly, we spoke about it last week. Finn Russell was out. Now he's in with Adam Hastings. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly injured for him. Finn Russell's back in the Scottish camp and could well feature against New Zealand. Very difficult situation for Gregor, isn't it? He's, um, I, I, I feel for him. As I said before on the show, uh, Stuart, my information was that it was the players that drove this because of Hogg and uh, Finn Russell being the senior players, the Lions, their leaders on the field and captain, as Hogg was, seeing, seemingly having two rules. And the, the straw that broke the camel's back was when they went out, the, the team was told, we can have a couple of beers after we play Italy, but we're going oh, only a couple and then you know back to the hotel and we're getting ready for the next game. And when, when Russell and Hogg and Ali Price, it was at the time, said, no, we're going out. There's a rule for everyone, but not for us. And the players, pretty the rest of the team said, "Listen, that's not on. That's it's it's we're either all in this or we're not." And Gregor's made the decision to to not in Ali Price, but to to shift the other two and to move them. That I believe was really welcome within the squad, and the squad was quite happy with it. 
Now, obviously, there's been some injuries. Now, whether what we don't know, because we're not privy to these conversations, is whether Finn Russell's sort of said, okay, look, I see where you're saying, you see what you're saying. I, I admit I'm wrong. Let's move move on. I don't know. But it, it's it's a tricky situation for the Scottish squad and for for Gregor to manage. There's no doubting Russell's talent. There's no doubting that. That's not what we're talking about. He is a phenomenal player. But he's an individual playing a team sport, and that can sometimes get under the skin of the rest of the team, and that seems to be what's occurred. Now, whether that bridge can be mended, I don't know. But it, it does cause a problem. Now, there's a different leadership there with Richie as captain. I think he's a good captain. I think he's a good choice because he's a tough, hard dude, does his work, doesn't shirk anything. And from all reports, off the field, he's the same sort of bloke, hardworking, dedicated, and just giving to the team. So maybe he'll pull him into line a bit. I don't, I, I'm not sure. Either way, it, it's not ideal for Gregor, who made a brave call, but he's had to go against that call. It's how the team reacts to that. We'll know on Saturday. You can't hide that sort of stuff. It comes out in your play. It comes out in, in your dedication to the to the game and, and how much effort you're prepared to put in for the jersey. And right now you can say a lot of things. They lost, Scotland lost against the Wallabies. But, but they really put in that day. That was a very good game. And you can tell by the defence and the breakdown. That's how you judge character in the team. And they really worked hard at that. It was it was a turnover. At the turnover, they almost got the opportunity to win it. But uh, yeah, not a good not a good situation for Scotland. Alan, do you want to quickly pick up off the back of Matt? Um, yeah, well, they're going to have a real test on Saturday and on Sunday. Sorry, it's on Sunday as uh, against New Zealand. Um, but I think he's given him a rap on the knuckles again. He's probably given him one more chance, and sometimes you get a reaction on a player. So it's up to Finn Russell now. Uh, we should mention Italy. Um, they beat Samoa 49-17 in Padua uh, as well at the weekend. They were absolutely brilliant. I wasn't sure whether some, whether Samoa were really poor, but some of the tries they scored were incredible. So um, they might give you a little test, Matt, on Saturday. They're playing the Wallabies on Saturday, the Italians. Um, that's on in Florence as well. So um, a unique kind of venue, but who knows? There's been some photos of the Wallabies out eating pasta and having uh, ice cream already. So, mate, there is no team on the planet that can lose an unlosable like the Wallabies at the moment. They, they oh, will awesome. find a way. They have led. I, th- I saw the stat. It's something over their last 12 test matches. They've led four of them inside the last three minutes and lost them all, as they did on Saturday. They're just as likely to underestimate the Italians and not not put in. I think the Italians are really coming forward on your point, uh, Quinny. Remember, they beat Wales in Cardiff and they've played some really good rugby since. Uh, and then they're certainly improving uh, markedly uh, under the new regime. So, yeah, the Wallabies, let's do it. To, to be fair to the Wallabies, um, they are not the most... The, the, our ten, the Wallaby 10, 12 and 13 are not talented. But they're trying their guts out. The whole team's trying their guts out. And with Michael Hooper back in the fold, they are doing some good things. They're not the Wallaby teams of the past, and they'll they'll lose the games that you don't expect them to. But I think when they come to Ireland, what they are doing is they're playing really entertaining rugby. You know, like I, I can criticise them for a lot of things, but they're trying to play the game in our tradition, which is a running. Well, the try they scored against France, I think, will win try of the year. It was a magnificent try, but. They can lose the unlosable 
what that easy <laughs> they can yeah there's a couple of crackers of games isn't there saturday as well um yeah. wales argentina that's going to be uh a real test for Wales, France, South Africa, then Saturday night. Yeah, great, uh, great, Wales. great games. Yeah, and Scotland, New Zealand, Sunday. Yeah, plenty of rugby to look forward to, lads. As always, thanks for. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Joining me, and of course, don't forget to tune in on Saturday at 12 o'clock as Ireland take on Fiji, but first on Virgin Media 2, tomorrow night, Monster take on South Africa Day. Should be a good one. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Cheers, Cheers. Thanks,